Hello, welcome to Mule Mountain Messages, sermons from the pulpit of the Community Church of Warren in historic Bisbee, Arizona. At the Community Church of Warren, our heart is to build a Christian family as we contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. We desire to exalt our Savior, Jesus Christ, equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and evangelize the lost with the loving and life-saving gospel message. We are located at 201 Arizona Street in Bisbee, Arizona. Our services are Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday prayer at 5.30. For more information, call 520-432-4722. We invite you to come and join our family. Okay. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to find humorous things on Mother's Day. I don't know, maybe maybe guys just aren't wanting to write too much about Mother's Day. But anyway, there's a few things out here. Um, there's a lady who's kind of a humorous, and her name's Liz Curtis Higgs. And I guess they call her the queen of the one-liner. And, uh, and she said, you know, you've heard couples say, someday we'll laugh about it. She says, why wait? She tells her audience, laugh now and save your marriage. Okay. She said the ideal woman was described 2,500 years ago in Proverbs 31. And she's been intimidating her sisters ever since, says Liz. And uh, she goes, in nearly 40 years of living, a few of which have included cooking, I've never used more than four potatoes in a five-pound sack. Every few months, I carry another red mesh bag to the garbage can, arms outstretched, trying not to accidentally touch the waving tentacles. Good news, she says. I'm married to a man who will eat anything. My husband, Bill, says, hey, this is delicious. Can we have it again? No, I reply. I don't know what it is. Okay, so. All right. Well, you know, one of the things I wanted to do, I looked and actually um, I wanted to find just something that kind of, I don't know, introduced us to Mother's Day, right? And, uh, and so there's this poem that I found called, So God Made a Mother. It says, at, at the dawn of time, God needed someone he could trust to love his precious children. And so God made a mother. God said, life will often be harsh. I need someone with a gentle touch, someone who can brush a tear from the downy cheek of a newborn and gauge a child's temperature without the aid of a thermometer. I need someone who has a special knack for soothing, who can kiss away pain and soften blows, someone who will hold her child's hand firmly until she has to release it tearfully on the first day of school. And so God made a mother. I need someone who will care enough to gather daffodils and put them in a vase so everyone in the house can enjoy the first blooms of spring. Someone who will care enough to rummage through the mismatched sock pile in hopes of finding a match. Someone who will make birthdays extra special, sing silly songs with their toddlers in the car, and who actually wants to go to sc on a school field trip 
to the insect museum just to be close to her child. God thought, I need someone who will play Christmas carols on the piano, someone who will decorate gingerbread houses with the kids and wrap gifts and deck the halls for Christmas, for nothing in my creation will be able to make Christmas as special as a mother will. And so God made a mother. I'll make someone who can gather a chaotic, busy family around the dinner table for chicken soup, cornbread, and sharing life together. Someone who will organize playdates, piano lessons, and the pantry. I need someone who can find the lost football cleat, dad's keys, and bun-bun, her little girl's favorite stuffed bunny. I need someone who can unload the dishwasher, pack lunches, call out spelling words, and make coffee while bouncing a baby on her hip. Someone who will carry an amazing array of toys, snacks, and essentials in her heavy purse and never complain. I need someone to help with endless school projects, organize a football banquet, and say, I'm so proud of you, even when her child fails. It must be someone who is willing to keep going, even when she thinks she has no strength left. Someone who will strive to love her kids and to love her, their father even more. I need someone who's willing to work the second shift or take second best or play second fiddle so her family will have it better than she did. And so God made a mother. I need someone who believes, someone who will trust that I have a good plan for her and for her children, even when she can't see it. Someone who will pray for her family daily, for sadly, few people will. I need someone who will share my words and encourage her children to believe in me because I am the source of life. God said, I'll place a second pair of eyes in the back of a mother's head and give her bionic ears and grant her a generous portion of laughter and tears for she will need them. Sometimes she'll feel like she doesn't have what it takes. There will be days when she is overcome with worry, pain or failure. But when the need arises, she'll be there. And while motherhood will be difficult, she'll come to embrace it with all her heart. Yes, this is exactly what I need. To put it simply, I need someone who will love my children like, well, kind of like I do, God laughed. So I'll give each mother a heart the size of Texas. And if she'll let me, I'll fill it with my special forever kind of love, a love that resembles my own. Once I put a precious baby in her arms, she'll never be the same. One day her children will grow up and move on, but she never will. As long as she lives, she will fight for her children, pray for them, and sacrifice for them. And so God made a mother. Amen. Any dry eyes out there? Well, happy Mother's Day. You know, it's a really wonderful tradition, isn't it? To be able to celebrate mothers and motherhood. And for us today, uh, it's a great time to look at some of the moms in the Bible. 
And so um, I'm going to go right to it. Let's start off with a mom whose love for her children caused her to defy the most powerful man on the earth at the time. A man who had forced her to choose between obedience to man or obedience to God. And for her, the choice was easy. The ruler was Pharaoh and the mom was Jochebed. She lived in Egypt and she lived in Egypt in a time that had forgotten Joseph, had forgotten what Joseph had done through the power of God, he had almost single-handedly saved Egypt from starvation and most likely saved Egypt from total destruction. But in the days of Jochebed, the Hebrews were made slaves and were looking, um, were looking at a life of... Excuse me, we're faced with a life of servitude or perhaps even a holocaust. The Egyptians were so fearful that the Pharaoh had ordered the death of all the male Hebrew babies. But in spite of all that, Jochebed marries her husband Amram. She gets pregnant. And she has a male baby, a male Hebrew baby, whom she had been ordered to kill. But Jochebed makes a choice and she chose life. For there was no way she was going to kill her baby. We all know the story. She holds out as long as she can, about three months. During which she's planning her next steps. And when she can no longer hide the baby, she is called Moses. She sets her plan in motion. She has a basket, which she's waterproofed. And she set it in the reeds of the river. By a path that I believe she knew was frequented by the daughter of the, of the very same Pharaoh that had ordered the baby slain. And sure enough, baby Moses was seen by Pharaoh's daughter and is rescued and actually raised in Pharaoh's household. And the best part of it, though, is that Jochebed is called to be the nursemaid for her own son. And that's the way God rolls, isn't it? God works that way. And of course, Moses is later used by God to set the Hebrews free from their enslavement. Jochebed is an amazing example of a mother's love. And we've heard a lot of examples today. She defied the most powerful man in the world at the time to save her baby. Well, that's Jochebed, but there's some mothers in the Bible that we don't know a whole lot about. But I feel like these women, these moms, were instrumental in the ministries and in the success of their husbands. 
and influential in the lives of their children. Now, I've got a question here. Does anybody know the name of Noah's wife? Anybody know? No? We don't know. It isn't really known for sure. Some say it's Namah, mentioned in Genesis as a sister of Tubal Cain. But there's some academic somewhere that wrote a paper, and the title of the paper was The 103 Names of Noah's Wife. So we can safely say we have no idea what her name was. But we do, and we can know about her. She bore Noah three sons. And she probably bore those, those children and probably, I would think, was probably the most difficult time for believers in the history of the world. Her family was the only ones that believed in the one true God. Everybody else around them mocked God, hated God. We're so full of wickedness. And here she is raising three sons. Not only just raising three sons, but these three sons supported their father. They helped him build the ark. Imagine that. We think peer pressure is bad now. Imagine what it was back then. They had all the ridicule. They were shunned by everyone as they grew up. Hey, isn't your, isn't your old man the guy building that big old square thing out there? A nut. But the boys loved their father. And they were supportive of their father. And I believe this is in large part because of their mother. A mom who also suffered the ridicule. Yet stood by her husband Noah and raised her children to respect their father and raised their children to serve God, even though no one else did. And we don't even know her name. We don't even know her name. And you know what? She probably got out there and swung a hammer and pounded some nails right alongside Noah. Just like yesterday, Dora and I were out cutting grass over the divide. There was Dora out there with the weed whacker going at it. See, Noah didn't build the ark by himself. And yes, his sons also helped. But I think by God giving him a wife who supported the ministry, the calling that God had given him by raising faithful sons, by being alongside, by encouraging him. It helped Noah be successful in fulfilling God's ministry. And I'll have also to say that I would guess that she, in large part, had a great deal to do with picking the wives for her sons. 
And you can't imagine that there was a whole lot to choose from back then. But she picked the best of the best because their wives were willing to get on this boat. And they didn't know what was going to happen. But they were obedient. They were faithful. No, she didn't get a whole lot of mention. But as far as I'm concerned, she's an all-star Bible mom. So those are two examples, and there's a bunch of examples from the Old Testament. I know we have Hannah, and we have Eve, and we have, and we have all, the, all the moms in Genesis. You could just do a whole series there. But let's go to the New Testament. And, you know, many of our beautiful ladies in our church family are grandmothers. And we can look at a grandmother who had a great influence on her grandson. Scripture tells us that grandmas do have a great influence in the lives of their grandchildren. Lois, she's Timothy's grandma. She is faith-filled, as is her daughter Eunice. She was faithful to pass on her faith to her daughter who passed it on to their son. And as I read 2 Timothy 3.15, Lois is mentioned. So we know that she was instrumental in the growth of Timothy's life as well in his faith. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Well, I left out a part there. I have to go back. But Paul goes on to say that Timothy learned it from his mother and grandmother. So grandmas, it's never too late to exhort your children and grandchildren in the Lord. So if you don't see them much, pray for them and write to them. Now you may be sitting there saying to yourselves, now oh, wait a minute, all these ladies are in the Bible. You know, I'm not in the Bible. Like they're all all-stars, you know I mean? God mentions them in the Bible. And yeah, they are in the Bible. And they are great examples of perseverance. Jochebed preserving, persevering and saving her son's life at all costs. Noah's wife persevering in difficult times we can't even imagine. And Lois never giving up bringing the word of God to Timothy. But I'm going to say this to you, ladies. I don't think they were any more special than you. I think that you have everything that they had. And while you may not be mentioned in the Bible, in God's eyes, you are just as important as these ladies. And you know, you are special. Hear this. You're special in God's eyes. 
You are loved by him at a depth that we can't even imagine. God requires that you be respected and honored by your children. And God requires that you be loved by your husbands. To be a mom is an honorable thing. It's a special gift from God and a special blessing from God. So let me close with this right here. It says, her children will rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for moms. We thank you for the mothers, Lord God, that you have put in our church family here. And we certainly thank you for our own moms. Lord, what a, what a blessed privilege it is to be called mom. And Father, I thank you for that. And Father, um, as our society gets a little wonky on things and man draws away from you and they try to redefine things, Lord, we know that a mother is what you call a mother to be. A mother with children, a mother who supports her family, who raises the children and grandchildren in you and is loved by you beyond all measure. And so, Father, we thank you for our moms. And, Father, I pray your blessings upon them, Lord God, and uh, thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.